This episode is supported by Enscape, empowering your design workflow by turning your BIM model into an immersive 3D experience. Yeah, so we were talking in the la- the last pretty sure yeah it was the last episode <laughs> i yeah. don't know everything's running together uh, when we were on opposite sides of the world we've... now coming to you from the warm microphones of the Arcaspeak hq studio yeah. studios <laughs> yeah <laughs> they don't know that yeah true, true 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 we're in the same room we're looking at each other <laughs> eye to eye um, right. no we so so we had talked about the value of the face-to-face meetings and trust me they like absolutely because I don't know if I had made this comment before the meetings or after the meetings, but you know, I were trying to like arrange when a time was that you and I could have these calls before you flew out. So I'm pretty sure what I'm about to comment on was definitely after you and I recorded. Okay. And so we've had all of these meetings and all of these meetings were, have been through teams, cameras off, can't pick up any facial expressions. And, and we had, we had talked about that. And so on the, on the, on the final day that we were there, we were all face to face and a, a couple of the project designers from the client side, they had grabbed our printed out version of the, the floor plans and they're kind of like flipping through them and they're st- sitting side by side and I'm across the table, you know, kind of like at the end, it's this big, long conference room table and i see the looks on their face and of course these are the looks on the face that again you never you never pick up when you are looking at them when you're looking at a screen that has a bunch of like names but no faces right and so i was just i looked over there and i saw like the slight grimaces on their face of like hmm you know what's going on here kind of thing and so i like looked over to them i'm like let me hear it and they were kind of like whoa, what, what, you know, and I was just like, well, I, I, I see some concern on your face. And so I'm just curious, what are your thoughts? What, what's, what's going on in your head? And this is a good, good as time as any for us to go ahead and have this conversation to make sure that before I leave, that we're, that we're good. And they're like, oh, that's fantastic. I mean, they, it was almost like this sigh of relief. It's just like, oh, we get to talk to you. Like, yes, you get to talk to me and we can we actually get to do this thing. You know, like we can actually engage together. And so they like, you know, came closer and I came closer and we started talking and we were talking specifically about a specific, a, a, a prayer room that was, that is definitely something that we don't understand the way it's, the way it properly works. Um, yeah, I got it. I, yeah. Not a typical piece of program in your normal typical project. Not a typical piece of program in a typical Western program. And so obviously I wanted to pick their brains on exactly what makes a good functioning prayer room with all of the adjacency spaces and things like that. And and so they, they like sketch it out and we're talking back and forth about like how it would work within, you know, the spaces that we've allocated for it and we came up with a, a a pretty decent layout that I thought worked both with the current layout. There's, I can't even begin to tell you how, you know, we, I don't know if we've ever really talked about how, when we present these photorealistic renderings in an early, early phase, like say concept and 
and getting locked into those and saying, you know, this is what it needs to be. But we've talked about that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like going that people pick up on things that you're not ready for them to pick up on right, yet because right. it just, it doesn't matter to you, but it ma- it's everything to them. You're like that color purple, man. I hate that color. It's like, it doesn't have to be purple. And they're like, ah, but I really hate that purple. It yeah. brings up childhood memories. Yeah. So, so <laughs> let's take it one step further and say that because of who the client is and how the, how everything goes about, if they approve the CGI's in concept design, that is what they are expecting to see once it's constructed. Yeah. But you know, expectations are just disappointments in the making. (laughs) No, no, no. I, I, I can't even express stress to you that like for us, it's just a primer to a conversation. It's like, okay, here is the idea of what we would like to do. No, no. This is, they're like, that's what we're getting. It's this done. is set in stone. And right. <laughs> that is the downfall to, yeah. for you to go to this particular client and say, Hey, here is, here is what, you know, here's what we're thinking, but you know, it might change. No, You're right. it won't change. It, it will not change. You are. Yeah. There is a, there is a line that you cross at some point where that is the expectation instead of this is what if this is what could be this is a conversation yeah. this is a work in progress this is a living document at some point you cross the line for sure yeah so and for some people it's earlier than others like you're saying like it's uh you, you still feel like you're really early on and it's like nope that's it from now on that that decision has been made let's make other decisions uh, uh, eventually when i'm allowed to say when I'm allowed to like talk a little bit more freely about this project, maybe I'll come a little under, you will understand exactly why. Like when you say, sometimes you're like unrealistic client, you know, expectations. And then you hear like who the client is. You're like, Oh, Oh, well then there you go. That's why you can't change it. You know? (laughs) So the thing that you're, you're really getting at here though, is you, you've shown them something and, and it's pretty much been decided upon. Yes. It has been. And now you're back actually working on implementing ideas into like for reals. Yes. And <laughs> this is where the breakdown occurs. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to them with three other ideas yeah. now. Like, no. no. You, you've you had that audience once. That is the only right. time that you will ever have that audience. And if you change the, what you have presented to said audience, then yeah, not good. Well, you dismantle your reputation at that point. (laughs) Well, but what about this? And it's like, stop wasting my time. This is not what I pay you for. Again, I really, it's even, it's even grander than that. Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, uh, Oh, the life of an architect. See, this is it. And and uh, I'm, I'm assuming though, that, that when you're going through this process, that and you have people working on this that did not have the benefit of being in the room, right? right Which is kind right. of no, what no, we talked about us. in the last one. Not even, not even we were in the room. Like yeah. when it was being presented to the client, we weren't even allowed in the room. In fact, half of the half of the team from the actual client's side was not even in the room. Like the people yeah. who we have been working with back and forth. So it was this, who is a really crappy game of telephone. Oh here. my gosh! I, I, I mean. <laughs> This is a, this is an interesting way to approach like the, 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 like the final say 
in the project, the final person to say, yes, your project can proceed. You have funding, all of this other stuff. There's like very few people allowed to be in the room. And so, and it's none of, none of the people that we're working with making the decisions about like all of this. And so then when the, the heralds bring it in to said person, (laughs) Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm giving anything away yet, but that that is when you literally like it is completely out of our hands. It's completely yeah, out, out of their hands. And they'll say yes or no. And if it's yes, then I, I almost envision them like walking around with a printed out copy of that and saying holding it up to the final and say, mm, no. No, you guys did not do what you said you were going to do. How dare you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're imagining the worst, though. <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't. No, um, but lay that out there. But so here we are. You know, I get this input from the people that I'm working directly with, and they give us some pretty good information. And I do some sketches and they look at the sketches while I'm sitting right in front of them. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I think that this is, I think this can work. I'm like, okay. So if this can work, I'll bring it back to the team. I'll explain to the team, what are these changes? They'll say, great, this is fantastic. We'll go ahead and, you know, make these changes. And then I get these drawings sent back to me of like, you know, okay, here's what you sketched up. And it is absolutely the opposite of anything that i sketched up that is not what i <laughs> sketched up how dare you well it's not even that i mean it, it honestly isn't even that it's just like seriously this is not what we had discussed and and the problem is is that if the clients already looked at it the yeah. you know the design review has already looked at it and said in earnest we've accepted this as the way forward and we can't even get that right Now's not the time for new ideas. Now's not the time for new ideas. Now it's like typical project manager versus designer. uh, Yeah. (laughs) A dynamic right here. (laughs) Exactly. It's just like, so I'm sorry, we're at 98% CDs. Stop it. I was like, so, so at what point did you like decide to grow a brain? (laughs) Right. Ouch. Ouch. I know. Hey, you're on the same team, people. I know, right? Did you see Dune? I, of course, saw Dune. In fact, I've seen Dune twice. Oh my God, I'm so jealous right now. (laughs) (laughs) And in fact, now that you've said it, I believe that this weekend could be another Dune. A third viewing? Because I think I need to do this. My daughter just just had her birthday this past weekend. And the only thing that she asked for was, hey, could you get us, mostly her, but wouldn't it be great if we had a projector? Like, yeah, it'd be great to have a projector. And I love it when, when children have ideas for expensive gifts. Well, no, but here, so here's, and, and here's why I agreed to it and purchased it is because I really do feel like this is something that we can all get use out of. I mean, sure. I'm picturing, I'm picturing that. <laughs> this is a total dad mentality. Oh yeah. It's right? like, oh, I, bu- I bought you this. It's like, oh, I bought me that's this. A gr- it's like, that's a great <laughs> idea. I personally, like, I feel like you that's fantastic. You, you deserve hit, that. Yeah, exactly. You hit that out of the park. That is a beautiful and brilliant idea. And so, yeah. like, so, and I even told her, I'm like, look, like, 
please be careful with this because I didn't scrimp on this. <laughs> like I didn't like, this is something that I feel like is, is something that can, you know, like we can mount this in the house. You know, it's a, it's one that's like both portable and fixed and stuff. And I you know, because she wants to like have her friends over and watch like horror films out in the backyard with, you know, the setup, a set up something on the wall of the house and stuff. I'm like, yeah, that, that all sounds great. And then I'm saying, I'm seeing to myself, wouldn't it be great if I'm watching like Formula One as big as I possibly big can? <laughs> exactly. Where I'm sitting there, like literally like it, it's the cars are as large as they really are. All right. But, but you have to see this film in the theater. So now, I, not, I mean, you've, unless you did the second time. No, I have not seen the film in the theater you yet. Are and missing I, out. And, and I will. In fact, actually, my eldest, now that he's kind of taken some time off and he was just going to work in between his sophomore and junior year of college, decided to go get a job and just started a job at the movie theaters. <laughs> Sweet. See how. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Dad, dad convinces son to go get job at movie theater so that family can get free tickets. Daughter says, Hey, I'd like to get a projector. Great idea. Wow. The stars are aligning. <laughs> exactly. For your, for your visual. <laughs> exactly. For my viewing this, pleasure. Well, the, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I think that cinema and maybe music are as close oh to what architecture can deliver from an experiential standpoint amongst other art forms you know and and to me that's when i left the theater after watching this my honestly my 15 year old was a little bored but not visually but just with the story and i was like i can't this should not end can this please keep going it's like okay (laughs) you you said that i i saw the the title roll and it said part one right part two start right after this Please, please, and thank you. Yeah. And then they're just like, "Oh, well, we announced that part two is has been greenlit." I'm like, "Greenlit? No, you it should already be in the can." <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Can you please Lord of the Rings this and and, and film them all at the same time? And, exactly, yeah, that, exactly. That would be better. But now it's a two year wait, probably. But yeah, I mean, I I wanted to talk about it from an experiential standpoint because I think you know this is what we try to do with architecture, and I it's harder to do with architecture and these buildings have to last a really long time. And it's not to say that this film won't stand the test of time because it certainly feels like it will. Yeah. But it's very different in that, in that way. And so I think, you know, just kind of approaching it from an experiential standpoint about what it delivered to, to me Mm -hmm. is something I have gotten from certain pieces of architecture. Obviously it's far and few between, but there's ones that you can name that there's buildings that you can name that, that have given experiences like this. I mean, not the same as this, but like this. Right. Right. And this is a full sensory experience. I mean, I didn't taste it, but (laughs) it was, it was one of those things where this was a masterclass in the art of cinema. And, and I know it's not, it's it's not an original story. This is, influenced tons of other stuff as well i mean very very like one-to-one type influences with george lucas and Mm -hmm. tatooine and the 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 sandworms and all that kind of stuff but but also just like the scale of we talked about world building on a recent episode and this this was another universe that has been built that things have been thought through that very few people choose to 
think through. Well, so when we were talking about world building, I had already seen the movie and you hadn't yet. And I was just, and I, I couldn't really start talking about that without like massive spoilers. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to do that, but I was just like, this is on a massive scale world building yeah, at its right. finest universe building, just like to, to me, this one now, and, and I grew up watching the original one and my dad mm-hmm. was a big, huge sci-fi fan and loved the Dune books and everything. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't quite get into them. There was other books that he had on his shelves that, you know, I loved, but it wasn't Dune. But now that I've seen Dune, and in fact, even seen the the video that you had, you know, sent me with the interview of Denny Villeneuve, who was talking, who's the director, who was also talking about like certain scenes and in the mood that was created. And the mood was created not just by the acting, the music, the 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 lighting, but the architecture. And he kept talking about how the way that he saw this room, this particular scene. It's like a library. In, yeah. yeah. So so this library in and it was a very pivotal scene. And I try my damnedest not to do any spoilers, but maybe we should just say, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, shut this off because just you know, pause might, it and come back. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it was you know, he was he was talking about the reference of of him constantly going back to the source material, to the book. And, you know, he was just like, here's how I pictured it when I was a 14-year-old kid when I read the book back when I was a teenager, to everybody, like his his DPs, his, you know, Hans Zimmer. I mean, everybody was going back to the book and saying, what is the mood being created here? What is the feeling? You know, how yeah. how is the music enhancing the architecture, which I thought was like amazing, like rooms had their own of like feeling that their own their own sure. tone yeah. their own For music sure. it was just yeah. like yeah wow, wow to all of it i'll put a link to that video in the show notes it, it was a, a vanity fair video on youtube where he the director breaks down the the scene where where paul is brought into basically be semi-interrogated <laughs> right by if the, not killed yeah. potentially by the reverend mother and right you know, it was, it was this, you know, pivotal scene where he's being tested. He's not, everybody thinks he's the one, you know, the chosen one, mm-hmm. which is so interesting that you talk about like the parallels with Star Wars and this. And, and, you know, it was interesting when I was watching it and I'm looking at the scenes of like the chosen one and all these other things and, and all that other stuff. It, like when I never gave the original movie like i said you know because that's my source material is the original movie not the david uh, lynch david lynch thank you um yeah. you know it was like the the david lynch movie was was my benchmark it wasn't the book but from you know everything that i read even the david lynch even though it was highly edited and he wasn't really happy about how it finally how the the studio had edited it. It was still trying to stay very true to it. And I actually saw... Movies were made very differently back then. They were. I did, however... In in certain circles, I should say. Yeah, yeah, true. Because you think about, like, the way Star Wars was made. It was very different from Hollywood. True. Well, I mean, you know, he didn't have Hollywood backing where this one was a studio. On on purpose. Right. (laughs) For for that very reason. So that, you know, they didn't... Like he was the source material and he was exactly. like, I want yeah. full control. He wanted this. full control. Yeah. And they were like, you know, well, if we, you know, <laughs> so anyway, and, and so, uh, you know, they, they, 
you know, kind of went back and forth with checking the book and all of that other stuff. And it's just like, what would, what did the book make me feel like? Um, and I just, I, I loved how he was trying to stay as true to the source material as possible, but also, you know, bringing his own kind of like vision of all of that and to kind of have these, and we were talking about, it's just like these overlaps of architecture and okay. When you're reading the book, you're picturing this room and how are you picturing this room and how are you like, how, how, how is your mind's eye setting up the spatial experience that you have? And, and I think that like just the attention to detail that he gets into about what the details that they actually sweat to figure out what this is going to is incredible. And, and in that way, I do feel like it's a lot deeper than we give time for on, our projects, which are going to last a lot longer than, right. you know, two and a half hours in a movie theater. Let's take a moment and talk about the sponsor of this episode. Enscape is a leading real-time rendering and virtual reality tool for the global AEC market. It plugs directly into your modeling software, giving you an integrated design and visualization process. With Enscape, you can render in real-time and walk stakeholders through your rendered model with incredible ease. Your buildings can be experienced long before they are built. More than 200,000 unique monthly users from over 150 countries use Enscape to envision better designs. To learn more or to sign up for a free 14-day trial, visit Enscape3D.com slash Arcaspeak today. That's Enscape3D.com slash Arcaspeak. So, so it's interesting. So after, after going to, you know, after visiting with the client and, you know, sitting down and talking with them and and talking about some, some of the importance that they felt like we were missing in like our space planning. It's like at the time they were, you know, saying that, you know, these, these are fine. They're, they're well laid out. I mean, the adjacencies are great and all, but there's just, there's this missing element. And so like really kind of understanding that what we're not doing is, you know, potentially placing other viewers. So, so we're, we're placing ourselves in this and we're looking at these spaces and we, we see like the legitimacy of like one adjacency to another and stuff like that. And, and so I went back and I was just like, okay, how do I explain kind of what they're, where they feel like we're a bit disconnected? How do I explain that to the the team to, to kind of like really kind of energize them. It's like all of the work that you've done thus far is great and it's not really going to change, but there is like that next step of evolution to the plans that we really need to. And so we really kind of like went back a step and talked about placemaking. And so if you're standing in this corner of the room and you're looking at all of this, this area, or you're looking down a corridor. I mean, what do you see at the end of the corridor? Is it just a blank wall that then you, Oh, I got to turn the corner. Or is it like our space is punctuated by this emotion, this feeling, this like visual impact in because of the project and because of you know the particular client and everything, there is an, an expectation that is not necessarily the same expectation as we would have with other clients. And and I would just add at this point, juncture that you've got such a rich cultural and such a visually grounded culture yes that's so different than let's just say doing a project in orange county california exactly exactly that 
that there seems to be at least more awareness that that is an impact on the types of spaces people yes. see and inhabit every day. Yes. And so, and so like the past, so we're recording this kind of like nearing the end of the week. And so the, the Monday through Wednesday, I've been in the office with the team and we've been sitting down and instead of sitting in front of our computers, we've been sitting in front of a desk with paper and pencil and trace and scales and everything else and really kind of like working through things. And, and I still have ink marks all over my hands and I'm sure they do all as well just from like, you know, the synergy of talking about these spaces and really kind of getting exciting about placemaking at a greater scale than we probably had been giving it. And, and it wasn't like we were short shifting the, the shifting the, the project. It was, we were, we were making good nearing great. Let's just call it. They were really, really good academic spaces and they were really good academic spaces that were, that could have been kind of like almost anywhere in, in that exactly what you just said is they aren't just anywhere. They're a very specific place with a very specific style and a very specific culture. That is something that is definitely, you know, not our typical project. And, and so the, the challenge to be able to understand and embrace that I think is finally kind of like sunk in. It's like, Oh, really? And then, and, and so we're really t- trying to kind of like create these, these spaces. And, and so back to like Dune is like this library space. Like I could, I'm assuming reading the book because I already admitted that I did read the book, but assuming that the, the book really kind of like, it really talks about like the feeling of this room and the emotion of this room. And just like this talking about the scenes and how the scene was set within kind of like the the author's mind's eye mm-hmm. i i think that is is a way to kind of like interestingly bring that layer back to architecture because mm. you know it's so like how would how would we explain this i i started talking about a prayer room i was like how would we on paper talk about this prayer room in a way that evokes emotion that in a way that evokes kind of like this this sense of feeling, this place, this, this grandeur, this, I'm just, you know, pulling as many words of like, just this emotional kind of connection. How do you, how do you do that? And then turn around and actually create the space, like through drawings, through construction. And yeah, I know, man, it's, it's, and, and how do you, and that there's a, there's definitely an art to that. Part of it is you can definitely achieve that on the computer. It's interesting to kind of talk about the process that you work through and what marks go on the page to convey the kind of information that you're talking about that is more emotion and less about construct. Or maybe they're they're intertwined, definitely. They're definitely related, but being able to dump out a box of colored pencils and draw in perspective and make gestures on a page that evoke different ornamentation or things that would be in the space or the way the light enters the room and and those kinds of uh, gestures are the kinds of things I think you're talking about, right? Right, It's, it's more than just, it's more than just drawing lines that convey a a layout in floor plan. It's like, it's, it's way more than that. And that, that to me is what's so interesting about the way he talks about going back to that scene with the breakdown Mm -hmm. about 
the details and the lighting and the mood and the forced perspective and the way he tried to convey the way Paul was being controlled by the voice as, you know, right. I mean, right. and to say that, that sound design in this movie is a huge part of the experience. And that's why I really want you to see it in the theater is because of the sound design, because it just, it goes to your core and it is such a huge character of the movie that you can't necessarily get in a, in a home theater setup. It's just like, but the way that he visually and audibly communicated that to go along with with what you were just seeing on the screen in two dimensions, right? Right. Um, and right. those are the kinds of things that you're kind of talking about when you're talking about a prayer room and the kinds of reverence and culture and honor that you want to get into a space like this. That those are very different gestures and words and mm-hmm. feelings that you're trying to convey than you are when you're, I don't know, when you're when you're just tackling a more generic space yeah it's it's interesting to think about like all these different layers right so they've got and in the movie he's got he's got the the box that he puts the hand in and there's the needle that she's holding and there's like the attention to detail the depth of the focus of the camera the lighting in the space the sounds that accompany all of these things like the way she held the needle all you know the veil over her face and what that means and what that makes you feel about her you know like there's so many pieces to this puzzle there are so many pieces to this puzzle that to me so so when i think about it architecturally like i think about some of the buildings that i've been to like the guggenheim in new york or uh, in John Lautner's, you know, Sheets Goldstein residence, mm-hmm. or, you know, I, I think really when I think about stuff like what I saw in this movie, I think Carlos Scarpa, like, I think the attention to detail is incredible. Uh, there is such an output of depth that was considered to make space. Right. And that's, that's how I felt when he was just describing this one scene out of a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> right. Exactly. It was just like, I mean, you know, it was it was a very important scene, and it was a scene that kind of like you know set the tone for the overall movie. But mm-hmm. it was a short scene, and it was like a was a twenty minute interview or pretty close to that interview mm-hmm. of talking mm-hmm. about this one scene. But the that the everything that went into that scene, it was just it was it was pretty in, in amazing just to kind of like talk about that because in a way, you know, that's how when we this that's how we kind of like envision and idealize our, you know, the way that we are going to approach our projects is, you know, we, we kind of like almost set the scenes and hope that it plays out the way it is. And, you know, whether it does or it doesn't, you know, that's, we, we can talk about that differently. Um, but, mm-hmm. but I think that what's interesting about it is just the fact that you know, it's, it's just, it, they storyboarded out, we cartoon our sets out. They, you know, they set up like, you know, okay, you know, we, we create like these mood boards of like, you know, how are the interiors going to feel? And like, you know, here are the CGIs that like, you know, this is like this heroic view that you're going to get when you're standing in this location, looking at this new creation. And when you walk into the building, like here are the, like the, the procession of feelings that we're we're hoping to evoke this is what evokes in us and what we're hoping to evoke in, in other people there there is so like when he was talking about storyboarding out from like every perspective 
the the architecture of the room, the sound design, the lighting, the music, and all of that other stuff. I mean, it really does sound like how we idealize the approach of what we want to do in architecture. Yeah, I just feel like they're so much better at executing it than we are. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, let's be honest, they've got a slightly better budget than we do. And they have a better budget and they you know. they are rewarded by spending that time uh, whereas i think architecture is just set up very differently right. the less time you can spend on a project the quote unquote better because that equals more profit and that does doesn't serve that end goal in the way that you're talking well, about well i mean let, let's let's just let's do a side by side comparison i have heard about and heard you know and even seen interviews with denny villeneuve who you know, like I said, was the director years and years ago talking about this project for D- for Dune and his name associated with it and the screenwriting and like just, you know, everything that he's been working on for now years, like at least I-, I can easily say that for at least, let's just say three and a half, four years, listen to podcasts, you know, from other filmmakers and stuff like that. And they've all been talking about how they're excited about this vision coming to the to the screen. So not different than an architectural project as far as a timeline goes. Well, not too different, but now let's, but, but he's been in the process of like basically concepting it out for those four years, let's just say, Mm -hmm. whereas my concept schedule for eight buildings of a brand new university where (laughs) like, just like gestation. Yeah. Somebody else was like, you know, saying that, Hey, I feel like in this big thing that we're doing that we want to do a university with within that thing. And so like there's been other visioning happening previous to us. And then when we get to it, it's just like, boom, hit the ground running. And we're just like, so how long do you guys uh, typically need for schematic design for this area? You know, for eight buildings, 16 weeks. Good. Oh, ouch. <laughs> design to fail uh, on one level. I, I hope I not. mean, but yeah, right. I know you hope not. And not only that, but then you're further held back by can't see anybody's faces. You can't go to the site. You can't yeah. like for, for yeah. quite a bit of time, you know, like the, this, a very different process. Well, I will say that a little of this was that whole, that whole like COVID thing that just kind of got in the way of us, like physically being able to go and not only go to the site, but also engage with the client look at like, you know, mock-ups for the type of architecture that they're looking to achieve and, and just really kind of like get an understanding of where we're going. And we're there, you know, we're there now. It's just, it could have happened a long time ago. Should have happened a yeah. long time ago. Could have, should have. Yeah. It, back to the movie, I just wanted to kind of maybe finish up and talk about the the visual worlds that they did create and just to me, what they conveyed. I mean, to again, like getting back to that feeling of yeah. what they were able to create, you know, partially physically, but partially, you know, most of it's CGI, I'm sure. But the, the um, how immersive it actually felt because they were so good at what they, what they did. I mean, that feeling of things that have lasted in the permanence of the architecture and the way that it felt... It felt ancient, like it felt like it had been there for such a long time. And I think yeah. that 
yeah was just so well conveyed it it really was monumental and analog and but in many ways still very warm i mean it made me think of certain architects like taro ando and you know things like well, the 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 visual forms that some of these places took and the way that the light entered and the way that they were the scale of them i think it all it was was really well thought out what was interesting about it though is like you know this was a vision of a world that was kind of post ai you know yeah like right there weren't any like computers they, so the tech was very yeah. analog well i mean the tech was there but it wasn't it, it was but it wasn't yeah. you know it was it was not like in a way we're sort of like subservient to our technology and it's just the opposite now it's just like we we've They've had their frustrations with this, this AI, this, you know, kind of like this technology based life. And they're just like kind of going back to the old ways kind of approach. It had been outlawed, right? I mean, it had been outlawed. Because it was like the computers were doing the thinking for the people were were relying on computers to do the thinking for them. Huh? Yeah. A little social commentary there. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Right. (laughs) And when was this written in the sixties? I mean, exactly. I mean, he was, he, he saw, he saw it coming. You know, and, it, and it's it's interesting because, like, I saw some commercial not too long ago, and it's just like, you know, we used to use computers and gaming and, and all of this other stuff as a way to get away from our reality. Mm-hmm. Now our reality is to get away from all of that other stuff. The technology, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. But where I was going with that is, like, it did kind of, like, set up these feelings of almost nostalgia of spaces, and then, so like every one of these had like a character to them. Some of them were like very, very technology driven, but post technology reliance kind of mm-hmm. thing. So you could feel and see the technology, like the on the actual planet where uh, Arrakis, where it still has like all of the mining technology and everything else, but it's still kind of almost like manual labor type. Well, not manual labor type mining of spice, but it was. You know what I'm getting. I, I hope you know what I'm getting. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Um, it was still very analog and hands-on yeah. feeling. Yes. Right? Yes. Well, I think we we give this movie two thumbs up, and uh, oh, two definitely encourage everyone to go watch it and take it in because the 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 feels are real. I think that the the way that this movie conveyed the built environment is incredible, standing on its own. And yeah. to yes. me, that was that was a, a huge takeaway. I was kind of like you know this this is one of the better sci-fi movies in a long long time i mean i i, I put mm-hmm. it up there I, i'm a huge fan of the matrix and and even interstellar as a as a not too long ago yeah. example but i went yeah. into all of these with zero expectations and tried to stay away from anything remotely linked to these movies ahead of time and i just walked out completely blown away so oh huge, yeah huge yeah. thumb up over here well, I hope you can take time out, listeners, to watch this movie <laughs> away from yes, away from yes, the digital leashes and distractions that exist in this world, and like just get inspired because that to me is what what I left the the theater feeling very inspired, and I couldn't wait to talk to you about it. Thanks to Enscape for their support of this episode. Visit enscape3d.com/arcaspeak today for a free fourteen day trial. Thanks for listening. This show is part of the Gable Media Podcast Network. See all the shows at GableMedia.com. That's G-A-B-L 
M-E-D-I-A.com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out, and don't forget to share it with your friends. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment on the website at arcaspeakpodcast.com, where you can find our entire catalog of shows. Talk to you soon.